This is the Polycom Power Selling Series podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. I'm talking with channel systems engineer Sean O'Connor about how to use storytelling as a sales tool. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, just introduce yourself briefly. Say a little bit about yourself and your position with Polycom. Sure. So, uh, yeah, Sean O'Connor. I am um, based in San Jose, California. I'm a Pisces. I like long walk on the long walks on the beach, and um, I've been with Polycom a little over eight years. And I've done a, a couple of different positions. I've been customer facing for the first five or so as both an individual contributor as well as a pre-sales leader. And for the last three plus years, I've been on the route to market side. So we're very closely with our uh, channel partner segments across all segments, enablement, et cetera. Okay, excellent. You know, I'm a Pisces too. Nice. Yeah. So this was clearly meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're talking about storytelling. First, just really basically, what does storytelling mean in a business context? Yeah, I, it's it's interesting. I've been when uh, when I was first tapped on the shoulder to do this, I I kind of struggled with it because storytelling has the um, connotation of fiction, <laughs> and at the end of the day, I, I think you know I, I think relatability and and making that connection with others is really key to, you know, to being successful in business. And especially for what we do at Polycom, where we focus on collaboration and and really trying to, you know, let human beings create without having to fumble around with technology, I think is definitely one of our core key tenants. But in order to do so, there's a lot of relatability uh, aspects that go into ensuring that an end user or a partner or both are, are going to be successful. And I mean, at the end of the day, I think we kind of lose sight of it at times in sales. But you know, as long as our as long as our customers and partners are achieving success, that's obviously going to happen to us as well. And so there are times where I, I used this forum and this topic to to really shift it back to more human nature and and really focus on replicating some of the successes that others have had in the past. Not everybody's IT network or culture are going to be the same. There's a lot of similarities in which people are trying to achieve things like faster time to market and and being able to make decisions faster and easier. And so that's sort of the approach I took as it relates to the webinar. So storytelling, I'm still having a hard time kind of wrapping my head around. I, I, I think it's I think there's a different way to say it. I just don't know how to how to what that word is. Well, you know, one thing that you just mentioned, and you mentioned in the webinar too, that if if nothing else, it's about engaging people, right? In, in a business context, it's about engaging prospects or even or existing customers. I mean, this might seem obvious, but why does that matter? Why is engagement something important? Yeah, I, I think it's um, and so I'll follow your lead. I mean, there, there's a couple of swim lanes that we've defined in terms of and and. You know, in sales, you've got a bunch of different terms. There's there's greenfield, there's farming, there's prospecting. There's a lot of these different terms that get applied to sales motions. And um, but but to your but to your question, I think engagement is very very important because ultimately you don't want to um, we don't want to come in and just sort of uh, we call it hit and run. You know, you don't want to just come in there and and make a quick sale or, or, or provide something to somebody and then, and then go off to another thing. And, and the reason being is it, it's, there's actually a, a few components. One is 
you know, you, I'll, I'll, since I'm on that kick right now, land and expand. I mean, it's, it's interesting when we walk into, when I walk into a, a place of business, based upon my history, the first thing I do is I always look at what kind of phones they're using. And typically when you're Polycom, um, you're, you're, you know, more than half the time going in to talk about collaboration, voice, vis- video, and content. But, but, but just understanding what kind of phones this place of business may have, that allows you to kind of expand the conversation and, and say, hey, I noticed you had X and Y phones. And, you know, I'm here talking to you about Polycom and Microsoft. What's the lifecycle management on your phone system? And, and so back to your original question, why is engagement so important? There's, there's reasons for every single opportunity and at the end of the day, it, it really demonstrates that you're trying to provide the most value that your solutions can provide to the folks that you're talking to. Because at some point in our careers, much like it may have come across during the webinar, the gentleman I brought in, P. Kolak, he, he doesn't just call me and ask me about Polycom stuff. He'll call him and we'll talk about other things that are happening within his environment, such as you know the differences between... Microsoft's productivity suite and what Google's doing with G Suite now as they're becoming more and more prevalent. Um, conversely, I'll reach out, I'll reach into Pete and say, look, we've got a situation that's fairly similar to what you guys were dealing with. What were you thinking at these points in time? And that's ultimately how you build relationships. So that storytelling evolves to, you know, kind of the word you used, engagement, which then evolves into really that trusted advisor status, and that's bi-directional. You know, another way to look at this maybe is that the example just that you just gave, you say when you ask Pete that question, right, he's going to respond to you probably in the form of some kind of story, right? He's not just going to list a bunch of facts and figures. He's going to tell you a narrative about, well, here's what happened. You know, here's how I dealt with that problem. Perfect. You just hit the nail on the head, by the way. It's, it's, it's a narrative. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a narrative. And, and I think that gets to, you know, in some reading that I've done about storytelling in a business context, it's the kind of it, the opposite of that is just the kind of the dump of facts and information. As opposed to that, it's more about providing some meaningful context around whatever it is that you're selling. Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's, you're spot on. I, I will also dovetail and say, it's not just about the narrative or telling the story. It's about to your point, listening to the things that, for for example, Pete is saying, and to me, I call that active listening. That was one of the things I tried to call out in the webinars. I don't, you know, it's not just Polycom and Polycom sales. I mean, I'm guilty of this as well. We just don't do a good job of listening sometimes because we're so excited about our technology and we're so excited about, you know, wanting to impress the folks that we're talking about. Or in my, from my perspective, being a, uh, a pre-sales uh, systems engineering leader, we, we just like to solve problems, Right. And so we can get caught up by just saying, oh, Polycom can do this and this and this. And, and at times we need to kind of catch ourselves and take a step back and, and really understand what folks are really trying to achieve. And maybe another way of saying that is that, or another question is, if you're doing storytelling in a business context, I think an important question to ask is, who are you telling stories about? Are you telling stories about yourself, about Polycom, or are you telling stories about the prospect? and their business? And I suppose the answer is probably a little bit of both, right? But what, what, what do you think about that? Who, who should be sort of the center or hero of, of these kind of stories? Yeah, I would say the most successful account teams and the most successful sellers are, are doing it about the latter. They're, 
they're talking about either the folks that they've worked with in the past or, or organizations that face similar situations and, and then overcoming the obstacles that were presented. To your point, I think a lot of it is, I, I think some of it, I should say, is, is definitely about you, the person. That's that's actually telling the narrative and and restating some of the the things that have gone on in the past, but and then the third component obviously is is the is the solutions, right? And I'm not talking about and again, you have to know your audience, right? So your stories are your quote unquote stories are going to be different potentially when you're talking to the CIO or to the you know VP of Worldwide IT or Desktop Services versus the stories that you tell to the head of procurement or the head of HR. And, and we did a really good thing as, as an organization a few years back. We really focused on lines of business. And I won't say that we've got a, gotten away from that, but, but it's, it's now so prevalent that, that the decision makers are the folks within an organization that have the budget. And those that have the budget are the head of these business units that are either responsible for a P&L or, or add to one. And I think that's where it becomes very interesting when you're starting to talk and, and be relatable with your services with your technology to these lines of business, because th- those those can go on for for a long time. Those those narratives, right? And and I think that's where people understand and really, when you start to you know get that aha moment on on the other side from a customer's or a partner's perspective, it's oh my god, they they've done this before. They've done this for a procurement organization, or they've done this for an HR organization. They understand our needs and our wants and our desires, and and they understand our challenges in the way that we do our jobs today. And that's a way of telling stories about, not necessarily about the prospect, but about other businesses similar to a prospect's business. So they can imagine themselves in that role as sort of the center of the story or the hero of the story. Absolutely. Yeah. And and a lot of it also ties back to, and and again, the best account teams and the most successful account teams are the ones that are, 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 you know, the, the, um, the end of the story is, and here's how you achieve, and here's how they achieve the return on investment, or here's the output of these changes that were implemented. I remember we were dealing with a very large auto insurance, or not auto, but just an insurance organization. They've got points of presence all over North America. And, and they were one of the first to be very interested in, in adding video into their call center. Call centers are huge, right? They, they generate a lot of revenue. They, they, they get things done quickly and fast and and so, you know, we, we implemented that, we got that going and, and it had changed the way that they did business and it made them differentiate against their competition. So, so, so a year and a half or almost two years later, you can now go in and talk about that best practice. Obviously, you're not talking about company names in specific instance. They knew exactly who we were talking about because they were the only ones that were promoting the fact that they had visual communications incorporated into their call center. But those are the types of things where you say, look, we've been able to do this before. And, and, and the good news is, is that we knew what challenges came up and we know how to circumvent those. And, 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 and here's what you should expect in terms of output once these changes are implemented. Now, in, in any organization, Polycom included, you'll have different functions telling stories, right? Marketing, they're doing storytelling. Public relations, they're doing storytelling. Brand management, they're doing storytelling. In the sales organization, are they doing the same kinds of storytelling? Ideally, should all these functions be working together to kind of tell similar stories? Or is sales in a unique position to tell different kinds of stories? Yeah, I, I think it's the latter. Again, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, 
whether we're talent, whether we're working directly with our partners or with our customers, or in some cases both, I, I think you can leverage a lot of the of the collateral that's produced by the the uh, business units that you previously mentioned. So, so if marketing is going to develop a, I'll stay on the lines of business campaign. You know, there's a lot of that information that will be incorporated into account teams. You know, repertoire for lack of a better word. And then they'll build upon that, right? And and I think a lot of it and, and sort of that freedom that the sales teams have, both from a partner and, a, and an end user perspective, is they can dive a little bit deeper, whereas public relations, marketing, our analyst relations folks, you know, they, they may have to stay sort of higher level in terms of the, the broader messaging. And remember, I mean, we also, it's not just telling different stories at different levels within the organization. It's also the stories become a little bit different based on culture. So the successes that we may have, and I've experienced this firsthand, um, the successes that that folks may have or or best practices that are being implemented in, say, the U.S. are going to be very different than, say, what will resonate in Germany. That that I saw firsthand last year. And it's, it's very interesting to make sure that you're aware of, again, who your audience is who your culture is. And, and I think the best people, they ask questions first and sort of get a gauge and then they can refer back and, and pick a pick and choose. It's kind of like a, I don't know how old you are, but do you remember the uh, choose your own adventure books? It's almost like that. Right. Enough to remember those for sure. So yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So context really matters. Your audience matters, right. In terms of the kind of story you're telling, you'll learn that if you read any, book about storytelling or a guide to screenwriting or something like that. And you'll also learn about structure in storytelling and that many stories have a very similar structure. And it usually involves a person or a group of people trying to achieve some goal and having to overcome obstacles to achieve it. And in the end, either they, they're successful or not, right? Do you, see, do you see that model applying to the kind of stories that we're talking about? I, I do. I do to a certain extent. I, I do want to be very careful, though, because I've seen where I'll give you an example. Real world. Um, we had a program in place to enable our, our our channel partner SEs. And we called it at the time the badged SE. Or sorry, the, the aces, polycom aces. And, and it got to a point in that process and methodology where everybody sounded the same. Everybody was telling the same story. And it's like, wait a minute, we, we're not. We're not trying to, you know, build robots and we don't have a cloning machine, but we're, we're that's our that's the output we're getting. And so I, we, we've updated the program and now we also do it for the, the partner account managers. And you really want it to be sort of a real world in, instance or example. And so we actually incent folks to tell, talk about real world examples versus the standard five customer stories or use cases that we have posted on our website because we don't want people to sound the exact same. So going back to your previous question about alignment within an organization that, you know, marketing and sales and, and, and analysts, et cetera, should be on the same page. I, I do agree with that, but I do think that we don't want to keep sounding the same. I think that's where you start to get either repetitive and especially at least in my experience and where I'm based and where I live, you know, people see right through that. And so you, you, you want to provide people with a good core or a baseline and then give them the tools to kind of add to their approach. Hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it does make sense. And I think that goes back to what we were 
talking about before about the the kind of story you tell really depends on who you're telling it to, and and on the kind of and, and on the kind of response you get from them, right? And the kind of stories that they're telling you and your response to them. So as, as I was looking at a guide to corporate storytelling, and I found this quote, this is a direct quote. It says, authentic storytelling is key to gaining customer trust. Don't try to fool your audience with an over-the-top tale. Customers know when you try to pull a fast one on them, and they don't appreciate it. So how important is authenticity and transparency in the kind of storytelling that we're talking about? Extremely. It, it's probably the, the, the core the core baseline of this entire topic, because especially in our industry, right? I based here in Silicon Valley, they, we use the term Valley karma and that could kind of relate to a lot of different things, but you're, you're now staking your professional reputation because at the end of the day, a lot of these business units and these customers, they talk to each other. And so I I've seen it firsthand where people, I, I won't use the word. Well, yeah, I will actually, I've seen where people have been blackballed before. And they've been there. There's been a stigma associated with them because either they kept telling the same story, or they or they told the story in which they would change it. And in this specific instance, there was a story that was told, and about 18 months later, it's the same person telling the same story, but a lot of the the, the details had changed, and people see right through that. So I know that's kind of very that's more of a tactical example, but. Yeah, you, you, authenticity and, and especially, and that's what I was trying to get across on the on the webinar. You, you want to, you, you should believe it, right? And if you don't believe it, life is too short. It's kind of like what Ferris Bueller said in his movie: "You live from here to here. If you don't stop and smell the roses, it'll pass you right by." I translate that to life's too short. So if you don't like what you're doing, go and find what it is you love to do, especially for the amount of time that we're away from our families and friends. So storytelling is then fundamentally different from spin from trying to persuade someone about something and sort of doing whatever it takes to do that. It's about, it's about something different. It's about telling a tale that you truly believe in. That's something that's really true. Yeah. I use it. I, I, I love the movie, the boiler room and I love it for several reasons, but you know, going back to the word authenticity that you used, you, there's also this moral compass that I, I think most everyone that I've worked with in my eight years at Polycom subscribe to, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to overpromise, and you don't want to say things that will ultimately put us in a bad spot down the road. And so I truly believe that's one of the reasons why the sales engineering role and function exists today, because you can have people go in there and say, oh, yeah, yeah we can do this, 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 and we can make it work this way. You, you need someone to come in and say, you know, actually, most of that is right, but here are some of the things we need to have in place in order for us to achieve making this stuff to work. <laughs> and, um, and and so I think that's important. It's so very important. And and I, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of the whole spin thing, but you know, there are times where you have to make lemonade out of lemons, right? And I think that's more of a human nature thing in terms of people themselves and how they view the world and how they approach things. You mentioned the movie, the boiler room, and I've seen that movie a bunch of times. It really is a good movie. And I mean, when they, when, when they're selling stocks, right. And when they, when they get uh, prospects on the phone, they're just straight up lying and making stuff. But, and, and really what it is, they're playing on people's psychology and telling them what they want to hear. Namely that if you just do what I'm telling you, you're going to make a lot of money with very little effort. Right. And they're successful and they're they're con men essentially, and 
Oh, obviously, for Polycom or any legitimate business, you you don't want to do that, right? You're not in the the business of conning people. But there can be a fine line, I think, like what you were you were saying about you know making promises that you can't quite keep, or kind of telling people what you think they want to hear just to get the sale. There's a big difference between that and being honest and and telling a, a, a real and true story about here's the situation, here's what I think is best for you, and here's what it's going to take to get it done. Yeah, so more times than not, we I don't know how much now it happens, but but in the past, you know, especially in technology, you would you would get a use case from a customer that you just couldn't achieve today. Um, but there may be a significant amount of re- of revenue associated with it, and so you know, as a best practice, you you collect all the facts, you collect all the requirements, you go back into your organization, you speak with product management and engineering, and you say, look, here's how much money we're leaving on the table if we can't achieve this, right? And we still deal with that a lot in terms of this feature request process that we've implemented. And and like I said, I, I think it's, it's, it is that fine line. So, so we won't be spinning or, or conning per se, but we're saying internally to the business, look, you make the decision. I've got a prospect or I've got a customer who wants to, you know, achieve X, Y, and Z, but it, it requires Polycom as a company to decide to deliver A, B, and C. And so, you know, sometimes you also have to be worried about making sales cycles longer. So there's a lot to take into, into consideration. But I think at the end of the day, as, we, as we've been talking about, that transparency that you mentioned and the authenticity, that, I like that word that you, that you use, you know, that's, that's how you not only get done business done externally, but it's also how you get business done internally. So, Sean, what do you want listeners to take away from this discussion? What's the number one thing? I hope everybody is really uh, digging what they like to do. I hope everyone is passionate about what they're doing because at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, you don't want to, I have friends that I'm really, really close with that I met in the fifth, sixth, seventh grade and you ask them, hey, how do you like your job? And they'll go, oh my God, I hate it, right? And and after telling them five or six times, man, go do what you want to do, right? You like to fish? Go open a fishing store. Go do a, be a guide or go do this. And then pretty soon you just find yourselves not talking about work. I, I guess just I would tell people just to make sure that they're really enjoying what they like to do because life is too short. And the, the second piece I would say is really buy into it, right? Invest yourself into it because at the end of the day, it's not just, it doesn't just apply to sales. I think it applies to, to life, but you will get out what you put in. And so I think those are very important. That does it for this episode of the Polycom Power Selling Series podcast. If you have any questions for Sean, you can reach him at 408-472-3956 or by email at sean.o'connor at polycom.com. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by using whichever podcast app you have on your phone to search for Polycom Power Selling Series Podcast. Thanks for listening.